Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with Alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. Here's what's cooking on the day's Sports Stove Podcast. College football chaos. Uh, ridiculousness going on throughout the week of college football and a wild NFL weekend. We're going to cover that and we're going to talk a little bit briefly about Ryan Braun. That and so much more. That's what's cooking on the day's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to a new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast, presented by La Terrain Watches and Accessories. Visit law-terrain.com and use the code SPORTSTOVE. You're going to get 10% off of your purchase. Today, we've got an exciting uh, episode for you today, talking all things college football and professional football. And to join me, as usual, is my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, we've not had a chance to talk through most of this yet, so it's going to be exciting to hear your thoughts on some of these things. Um, and it was quite the weekend in college football, I'd say. Yes, yeah, it, it really was. There was definitely some surprises. And uh, college football is going to be a good year this year because it's not going to be outside of Alabama, not necessarily be dominated. And I think uh, there'll be a lot of, um, you know, week to week seeing where things are going to be. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we still might have the same team on the top <laughs> when talking about Alabama, but you're not going to have, you should have a playoff that has some variety, at least compared to past years to some degree at the very least. And we'll get to all that here in just a second. Let's start off by kind of looking at the college football rankings, because when you look at the way the season has gone so far, you've got an Ohio state team that hasn't been great. You've got, um, Clemson, who is barely hanging on to the top 25 right now. When you look at the Big Ten, you're looking at Penn State and Iowa as the main teams coming out there. So Alabama 1, Georgia 2, Oregon 3, Penn State, Iowa, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Arkansas, and then Notre Dame. That tops off the uh, top nine undefeated teams before you get to your first one-loss team, which is Florida followed by Ohio State. So top of the list right now, Alabama, Georgia. You know that'll probably change at some point because Georgia and Alabama will have to play each other in the SEC championship game. Uh, So that leaves you Oregon and Penn State. Maybe Oklahoma or Notre Dame jumps in there with a loss of Penn State or Iowa or whatever it may be from there. So when you're looking at the top of the list right now, these rankings, anything surprise you up at the top? Um, no, because the rankings early, you know, don't mean a whole lot. You know, you got a lot of undefeated teams, so it's whoever they put there. Um, as I was looking at it, I think there's going to be right now, there's two teams that are really going to dictate 
whether the things really are kind of mixed up or whether they stay where you think they're going to be. I think that one of them's Penn State. Are they going to keep winning? If they keep winning, then that's going to change uh, the landscape some. And the other one, I don't know that they can keep winning, is Arkansas. Um, if Arkansas wins one or two, they've got four big games coming up. And if they would win two of those, that would change things. Um, if they don't win any of them, then you're looking at teams that you kind of expect uh, maybe to be there with Auburn. And there's a couple other teams that could shake that up a little bit too, um, Ole Miss and, and different ones. But I think um, those are the teams that play a lot of different teams. It would be interesting to see um, if they run the table or even go with one loss. Uh, I think that would shake things up. I'm surprised Notre Dame is as low as they are. They're at number nine. They got jumped by Arkansas. Um, Arkansas jumped way up to number eight. They were at 16 before Notre Dame was at 12 before. So I'm surprised Notre Dame is behind some of those teams. Uh, I think that they've looked better than Oklahoma. I think that they have, uh, looked better maybe than, than, Penn State? I don't know. Penn State's had some big wins as well. But um, nonetheless, that surprises me a little bit. Then you've got a team like Michigan State way down at 17. I'm surprised they're as low as they are as well. Being undefeated, having one, two, three, one-loss teams ahead of them right now, that that surprised me a little bit as well. But uh, Oregon still, I mean, they're hanging in there. Uh, They're at number three right now. They've not beat anybody outside of Ohio State yet, but uh, they've got some games coming up here as the season goes on. They honestly have a pretty easy schedule um, at this point, so it'll be interesting to see how if they can go undefeated. I didn't think they would going into the season. I didn't think Oregon Oregon was good enough, but at this point, they've they've proven to, to hold their own uh, there as well. Georgia, let's talk about them briefly. Is Georgia a team? Um, I said before the season, coaching was the only issue in Georgia this year. They've got the talent to win, but they have a coach that's messed up in the past. Do you think Georgia is a legitimate threat to Alabama, or do you think they're just another top four playoff team with one loss to Alabama in the uh, SEC championship game? Well, I mean, right now the way Alabama's looked, I think you know what you said, that a one-loss team there. The question is, will they be a one-loss team? We'll find out in a couple of weeks. Um, they have Arkansas and Auburn. Now, if they control both of those games, not only win, but really win convincingly, then, you know, everybody will say, well, let's, let's look and see what the Alabama game is going to be like. Georgia loses one of those, and, you know, they're in trouble. Uh, Florida's a good team. Um, you know, the assumption was, well, they're going to win the East. Um or I guess it's the West. I'm sorry. They're going to win the West. Well, or no, it is the East. I'm sorry. They're going to win the East division. Um, that may not be a given now. Yeah. Their schedule, their next four games are tough. They got Arkansas this week, then Auburn, then Kentucky, then Florida. None of those four games are just an automatic win. They should beat Kentucky. They should be favored well over Kentucky, but, uh, and they should beat Auburn as well. They should beat Arkansas as well. They should beat Florida for that matter. But all four of those games will not be pushover games. Then after that, then they get to Tennessee, Charleston Southern, Georgia Tech. So then it gets and Missouri. So it gets pretty easy for them this last part of this. But they've got a four game stretch here that's going to be difficult. We're going to see a lot of exactly who they are, how good they are, 
and what they can can be at the end of the day and what it comes down to. What about Clemson? Clemson, uh, talk about overcooked takes going into the season. I said Clemson was the best team in the nation. They are clearly not the best team in the nation. Um, apparently, not every college can replace Heisman Trophy winners and national championship quarterbacks and running backs uh, with ease like Alabama does. Uh, they lose Trevor Lawrence. They lose Travis Etienne. And their offense has been horrible this year. Two losses already on on Clemson. This is a year they have to sit back now, lick their wounds, and get better for next year. I'm shocked that they're as bad as they are. Uh, Your thoughts on Clemson? Yes, it's been surprising. But, again, the quarterback has not been what we heard he was going to be. And, uh, and you're right, the injury with the running back. But, um, and, and it'll be interesting to see Clemson. I think, you know, they're not going to be able to climb back in, I wouldn't think, into the playoff. Um, you look at their schedule, though, they ought to win all the rest of their games. So they'll start edging back up the rankings a little bit. Now, if they lose to one of these teams, you know, Boston College or George Tech or somebody down the line, then, you know, that'll be a problem. But, um, they could easily win win the rest of their games. Yeah, a two-loss team has never made the playoffs, so they won't be the first to do so. Right now, Wake Forest leads the Atlantic Division. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, Virginia Tech leads the Coastal Division. Uh, the ACC is as wide open as it's ever been. Uh, I mean, right now, Louisville, NC State, of course, uh, in the running there as well. On the other side, it's just not pretty in the coastal division. Miami's been bad. Pitt has been okay. They're three and one, but, uh, an interesting, interesting conference, needless to say. I'd be a little surprised if we see a representative from the ACC in the college football playoffs this year, considering that you're going to have one or two SEC teams, possibly a Pac 12 team, and then, uh, one or two Big Ten teams, depending on how things shake out in the Big Ten as well. Let's talk about the Big Ten. Big Ten right now is looks stacked, right? I mean, you've got Ohio State, and they're a one-loss team uh, already on the schedule. Michigan State is undefeated. Maryland's undefeated. Michigan's undefeated. Penn State's undefeated. And Iowa is undefeated. Then you've got Ohio State, Rutgers, and Purdue with one loss. Um, I mean, this that, that conference is looking pretty stout this year, isn't it? They are. The trouble is, again, you know, like I said, Penn State plays most of the schools um, that are that are listed there. So, again, either somebody's going to get beat or somebody's going to drop around. It just depends. Um, you know, Penn State can win all of them except Ohio State. Um, you know, Iowa. Iowa's got Penn State. You know, then, they, of course, Wisconsin struggled a little bit now, but they've got them. I think Iowa's a team that maybe – could run through the rest of the season undefeated, uh, then they'd be in an interesting spot where you could maybe look at two Big Ten teams. If Ohio State runs through the rest of the year, it's going to be hard to leave them out. Now, whether they'll do that or not, yet to be seen. And it depends a lot on what Oklahoma does. Um, kind of surprised Oklahoma's dropped down where they're at, but they'll, they'll jump back up if they, if they stay undefeated. And a big game, you know, this week was Cincinnati and Notre Dame. That's going to knock somebody. If Cincinnati wins, they're going to win the rest of their games this year. So it would be interesting to see what they do with them. So, 
Yeah, I can't take Cincinnati or Coastal Carolina too serious because I know that the at the end of the day, the playoffs aren't going to take them seriously either. They're going to get left out if they're there hanging around. They're still going to get left out. So I don't take too much serious with them. Notre Dame looks really, really good. I, I reached out to a friend this week, um, and uh, and I said, why is why is Wisconsin favored in this game? And uh, he said, everybody's on Wisconsin. I'm on Wisconsin. Well, Wisconsin got thrashed this week by Notre Dame, 41-13. to 13. Um, Notre Dame is, I mean, they're a legit team. And they've been good, right? Brian Kelly, by the way, has been phenomenal, uh, surprisingly phenomenal. If you think through it, he breaks, uh, passes Newt Rockney on the all-times win list at Notre Dame. And uh, he's always had his team successful they just haven't been able to win the big one right they made it to the big one they haven't been able to win the big one and uh you know do do you respect Notre Dame as a legit threat this season yes I mean with this big win over Wisconsin and if you look at their schedule if they beat Cincinnati then um they're in pretty good shape they're gonna you know they, they they could easily be undefeated um, if they can win a game this week. Now, it's not a given because uh, everybody plays Notre Dame tough. Um, and the question then will be if Notre Dame can stay focused and stay up for everybody. Um, but I, I think when you look at their schedule, um, there'd be a chance they could go undefeated. And if Notre Dame goes undefeated, they're going to be in the playoffs because that's good for college football. Yeah, 100%. Friend of the podcast, Aaron Torres, tweeted, for the Notre Dame – uh, is always overrated crowd. Since the start of 2018, Notre Dame is 47 and 5. Their losses are to Clemson in the playoffs, at Georgia, at Michigan, Clemson in the ACC title game, and Alabama in the playoffs. There's 125 programs in college football that would love to be overrated the way Notre Dame is. Uh, <laughs> That's an incredible stat. 47 and 5 since 2018 with losses to Clemson twice, Alabama, Georgia, and Michigan. You know, because they haven't won the national championship, they they do kind of get overlooked a little bit for how good they've been. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's very true. So, um it's hard to yeah, like I said, they do get overlooked, but again, like you said, part of it, big thing is winning the big one, and they haven't really been able to do that, so that has hurt them. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's amazing. I didn't realize their stats were that good, and um, you know, again, this this might be the year, but again, you know, they can't get upset. Yeah, um, you're in Ohio State territory. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. Have there been any talk about the quarterback situation at Ohio State, or have they just kind of looked at ah, this game was a throwaway win, whatever? And as soon as Stroud's healthy, or Stroud would play, would have played if it was against an important team. Um, is, have they said anything? Have you heard anything about CJ Stroud and Ohio State? 
Uh, no, I mean, I, I did try to read up on that a little bit. Um, they're not saying a whole lot. They're, they said he'll be ready to practice this week, and then they'll see how he does. I've talked to some Ohio State fans, and the deal was, you know, okay, he's got a sore shoulder. What's up with that? Um, I think, you know, uh, they wanted to get it. They give, they got a good look at the other quarterback. I think Shroud will be the quarterback unless he really struggles. But I think now they know. Um, I don't think it'll be a real long leash with Stroud. Um, but if they keep winning, um, you know, I don't know that you'll replace him. But they haven't named a starter yet for this week. It'll be interesting if they sit him another week, say, to give him a little more time to get healthy. Um, it'd be interesting if they play the same quarterback. I guess he's a true freshman, um, and he's getting invaluable experience, no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, they got Rutgers this week. They're 15-and-a-half-point favorites, uh, which means they shouldn't need Stroud. Then they got Maryland the next week, Indiana the next week, before they finally get to Penn State. So they got some time, and you're, I think you had the right term on it. It's going to be a short leash for C.J. Stroud moving forward. If he has any kind of struggle, all they'll have to say is, oh, his shoulder was acting up, so he put in this guy. And, uh, you know, from there you, you go with whatever it is. And, and they've got kind of a, a easy out, so to say, when it comes to the quarterback situation at Ohio State. Uh, there it's Kyle McCord. He's the freshman quarterback, uh, 6'3, 210 out of Philadelphia there. He had 319 yards, two touchdowns, one interception in the game last week against Akron. So there you go. Uh, let's see here. Anything else college football oriented that you, uh, can think of from the weekend? that was impressive, intriguing, or shocking to you? Um, well, no. not. I, like I said, it, it wasn't it wasn't a lot of high-caliber games necessarily where there will be this week. So, again, I think there's a lot um, to look forward to. And uh, some of these teams that are undefeated, you know, they're going to play each other in the next few weeks down the line. And uh, you never know. In a couple of weeks, we may be looking at the same top four, uh, or we could be looking at, two, three, and four being all different. Um, it depends. I mean, Oregon is in pretty good shape uh, if they don't get upset, but they've got some teams that, you know, potentially could. Um, they're probably the team that can stay up there schedule-wise. And, again, I think Oklahoma will jump back up in the rankings. Yeah, you mentioned Arkansas earlier. They had a big win against Texas A&M. Uh, let's see here. Of course, NC State beating Clemson was big. Baylor's coming on pretty strong here. As well, they beat number fourteen Iowa State this weekend. Oklahoma, they they beat West Virginia, but it was sixteen to three. That's why they got dropped down. I think it's kind of silly to drop a team when they lose, but oh well, is what it is. Uh, BYU got a win over South Florida. Oregon dominated Arizona as well. North Carolina lost again, and I'm telling you, that's a team that I was pretty high on coming into the season. I thought they'd lose a couple of games, but. Not to, not to guys like Georgia Tech. So I was surprised by that as well, uh, from there. I mean, there's a lot up in the air right now in college football. The, the Heisman is wide open. Opportunity yeah. arise for somebody to go take that. The national championship is somewhat wide open. I think Alabama is clearly the best team, but there's opportunities there, uh, needless to say, 
as yeah, well. Definitely been a surprise with the ACC so far. Um, you know, not only Clemson's trouble, but North Carolina's trouble and Miami's trouble. Um, I would tend to think the bowl games that aren't on New Year's Day are all salivating because they're going to get some good teams. Great point. Uh, today's episode is presented by La Terrain. Uh, watches and accessories. It's a good idea to have a classic watch on hand, something that can look fantastic with a suit or just as great getting muddy on the shooting range. The Navigator Flyger style pilot watch from Law Terrain is the gold standard of functional classics. If you want to stand out from the crowd, boasting a rugless stainless steel construction and a size that fits most wrists, the Navigator is ready for your next adventure. Visit law Terrain, T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. Use the code SPORTSSTOVE. You're going to get 10% off your purchase right there. Uh, I had a great great weekend in college football, Dad. I was at the EKU game, uh, and uh, it was a big win for EKU. Had a great time there. Davion Ross with a second pick six in as many weeks. Fun times there. We've got our local hour dropping Wednesday morning uh, for anyone interested in EKU football. We've got you covered there. Also, we cover Kentucky-Florida game coming up this weekend as well. Let's move on to the NFL. And you think college was chaotic this week. The NFL was absolutely wild. Let's start with the kickers. Uh, four kickers kicked game-winning field goals this week, but none was more exciting than Justin Tucker's 66-yarder for against Detroit. Baltimore struggled they were down one. They ran the kicker out on the field. He kicks it, hits the crossbar, and bounces in to devastate Lions fans everywhere. Um, has there been anything more impressive than that kick in the NFL this season so far? No, I, I mean, that's, that's an all-time record. I remember when Tom Dempsey held the record forever, and now you get kickers that have moved it back a little bit and a little bit. But, yeah, anytime you kick the longest field goal ever, and when it's a winning field goal like that, um, and like I said, boy, isn't that too bad for the Lions? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're crying for Detroit. Um, yeah. Is there a possibility? And I know it's a long, long shot, shot, but is but it a legit possibility that a kicker – and modern-day football could win MVP? Uh, no. No, I, I, I don't think so. Not in modern-day football. Uh, there's too much money wrapped up with other positions. Uh, now, when kickers start doing commercials, then, okay, maybe so. But um, now, again, somebody may jump on that, too, but it would take a kicker winning – a couple of different games or, you know, kicking a lot of long ones from there. Uh, I would guess maybe local advertisement would be such. I would think, you know, Mason Crosby would be in demand up there in Wisconsin, but nationally, I don't think so. So 1982 lockout season, a kicker won MVP. The only time it's ever happened, but uh, nonetheless, Justin Tucker might be as deserving as any kicker ever has been. He's yeah. the top kicker in the league. There's no doubt about that. 66 yards, even in a dome. That's ridiculous uh, that it went in. You mentioned Mason Crosby. He had a 51-yarder to win against San Francisco. That was an exciting game, especially for us Packer fans watching. Um, I was laying in bed watching it on my phone, trying to be quiet so I didn't wake up my wife. But um, 
It was an exciting game. Let's talk about that game. We'll go ahead and get to that one. 37 seconds left. Uh, needing a field goal to win. Zero timeouts in the game. And Aaron Rodgers does what maybe only Aaron Rodgers can do. Maybe a couple other guys uh, can do this as well, but not the whole league. Um, down the middle throws. Uh, both both of the big throws were down the middle. They ran up and spiked the ball. And at the end of the day, kick the field goal and win the game. I mean, it just shows how important Aaron Rodgers is to this offense and the difference maker that he is. And then it brings me back to the point of why did things go awry in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and the staff? Why why did the general manager, Goody, or the president, Mark Murphy, why were they so stubborn and uh, and cause issues with this? Because he's clearly the best option for Green Bay. He's clearly the best opportunity for Green Bay to win a Super Bowl again in the near future. Um, and I don't think you can argue with that, Dad. No, no, he, he definitely is. They, they don't want to lose Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, you know, again, he's a guy that um, one of the few guys in the league and probably the best guy in the league when you say, okay, 37 seconds left and no timeouts. Uh, well, no, there's really no problem yet. We're okay. I heard the coach say he was guardedly optimistic. Um, in this game, it was very unique, too, that you had Devontae Adams almost get knocked out right before, come back, and was the guy that made these two catches. I, I listened today to some interviews with Aaron Rodgers, and you know he, he wasn't sure when the hit happened. He was starting to try to think through what his weapons would be. But with Adams coming back, they make an unbelievable duo that's one of the best wide – I mean, I mean, I'm prejudiced, but, boy, quarterback-wide receiver duos, that's one of the best there's been in quite a while. I mean, you, you know it's coming, but, um, you know, <laughs> Rodgers can run so many things, and it's so unique. You know, they kept saying that first play, they, you know, they, they, they drew up that play on Thursday. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a new play. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is having a great time, and I think he's remembering why being a Packer is special. I don't know, depending how the season ends up, where it will go. I was interested today. I try to listen to as many interviews and stuff that I can from up there. And, um, you know, one of the issues was, well, does he have a voice? And I was interested for him to, to hear him say that um, the coaching staff asked him who he wanted at left tackle. Um, and um, so that's the kind of thing I know, you know, he, he, you know, he wanted to at least be talked to. And it sounds like he's being very involved um, in a lot of things up there. Whether it's enough to make a difference, I don't know. But um, I, I think they're trying. Yeah. His problem was never with the coaching staff. The coaching staff is smart enough to say, hey, if we can do our part to make sure he remembers we want him here, maybe he can forgive or overlook Mark Murphy's moronic self and uh, and stay with us. Because, I mean, you know, uh, uh, Coach LaFleur, he was the first one to go to California this offseason and talk with Aaron Rodgers. He uh, brought him. Uh, a beverage of of his that he likes. Uh, he was he's been in contact with him throughout the off season. Aaron Rodgers and Matt Lafleur get along great. There's not a problem there. He goes elsewhere. Uh, so smart move by the coaching staff. 
uh, just to kind of continue to try to cover up uh, the filth that is Mark Murphy and everything there to make him feel welcome. Let's talk about Devontae Adams, though. That play right there, clear as day, a hit to the head. Uh, I think he was knocked out on the field. And, uh, um, you know, for whatever reason, he passed the concussion protocol and got back in. We'll get to that in a second. But how do you not call that penalty over the middle of the field? Clearly a, a bad hit. I know I heard on the broadcast they said it's the uh, the NFL officials' fault. They, they put him in a bad position so they couldn't see it. Blah, blah, blah. That That's too obvious, is it not? Yes, I, I, I think so. There were several calls that weren't real good. Uh, yeah. in, in that game there, I mean, how do you miss that grounding call and several yeah. things there? So, I mean, um, but a again, grounding call doesn't end a guy's career. Um, no, the no. hit and, and fortunately for Devonte Adams, this one, he was able to survive, but the hit was bad. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think everybody thought when the hit happened that boy, you know, he, he'd be out just because of the concussion protocol. But um, now, again, I'm sure he's trying to say the right thing, but everything he said is that, you know, it knocked the wind out of him. He had trouble breathing. Uh, it wasn't anything to the head. Uh, Roger said that, you know, he gave him a thumbs up right away. And so he thought, well, okay. But, you know, once he goes in the tent, you, you know, he's not controlling the situation. Um, but um, obviously he was ready to play. And if all that is true, by the way, what Devonte Adams said, then it was right to not to not call the penalty. I suppose if it wasn't a hit to the head, then it was legal. I, I assume. Um, so maybe it was a good job by the NFL. Either way, since Adams came back, Packer fans go, "Oh, that was a bad missed call," but they overlooked the fact that he may have somehow skirted out of the concussion protocol. But uh, at the end of the day, he came back. They they had a play they drew up on Thursday to get him down the field. Then another big play again and get up, spike the ball, and uh, plenty of time for Mason Crosby to come out, kick the game-winning field goal from 51 yards. An exciting Sunday night game, needless to say, was had. I want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. He is getting it uh, from all angles right now. People saying he shouldn't be the quarterback. He's no good. Listen, I watched that whole game, and I didn't see much out of Jimmy Garoppolo where I thought, yeah, he shouldn't be playing in the NFL. He had a good game overall. He made a mistake. You know, he had the fumble uh, late in the game, which definitely cost the 49ers. But overall, Jimmy Garoppolo was not the problem for San Francisco. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with Alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. If you're thinking about becoming a nurse, it's important for you to know not all nursing degrees are the same. Xavier University gives you the power of three. Choose from three start dates and three in-person learning sites to prepare as a holistic nurse, helping people improve health, wellness, and well-being. The 16-month accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing from Xavier, an exceptional degree that prepares exceptional nurses. Search Xavier ABSN. 
No, I, I thought he looked good. I was a little surprised with that too. I mean, I think he's a good quarterback. Is he an elite quarterback? And again, you know, San Francisco, when you pick a guy early like they did, then you're looking for an elite quarterback. Um, I think Garoppolo, as long as they can keep winning and stay, you know, in the hunt in their division, he's going to stay probably the quarterback for a while and maybe the year. And you are going to see um, Trey Lance, you know, come in like he did with some plays um, from there. He can obviously run and, you know, I'm sure, you know, They'll have plays where he can throw the ball, uh, and it adds, you know, it adds something to it. Um, when he come in the other night, I thought, well, you know, surely we all know he's going to run it, but you know, um, but <laughs> he didn't know he was going to run it to the left. <laughs> but yeah, but he, but he's good at it. So, um, you know, San Francisco's got a good coaching staff too. They came yes, out they in the second half, and you talk about throwing everything in the book. I mean, they're not scared to try stuff, and they're able to do it. Um, but no, Garoppolo is not, you know, he's not horrible by by any stretch, um, but they're in a good division, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, I look at teams like Washington. If you put Jimmy Garoppolo on Washington, they're a far better team than they are right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh, you put them on Pittsburgh, they're a far better team than they are. And I put them on the Giants, they're a far better team than they are right now. So he's a guy that can improve some teams. Um, but will he get the opportunity to? I don't know. Uh, more than likely, not this season. At least he'll play out the year in San Francisco. Uh, we got so many teams to talk about, Dad. Let's start with the Kansas City Chiefs. What is happening to the Kansas City Chiefs? Um, I have no idea. Um, you know, one thing in this day and time, it's hard to be a dynasty, and the Chiefs, you know, are proving that because it was kind of like, well, the Chiefs were cut above everybody. And obviously, I mean, who would have thought, even though it's only three weeks into it, um, they're in last place in the division. Um, you know, nobody would have really thought that. So uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, again, I think Mahomes is going to show a lot of leadership and I, I think he will keep things going there. You know, the game the other night, Andy Reid goes to the hospital after the game. So obviously he was not well during the game. Um, you know, does that affect things? Um, I don't know. Kansas City is still a very talented team, especially offensively. Um, and it's nobody you'll look past, but boy, that's by far maybe been one of the bigger surprises so far. You wouldn't have said Kansas City's gonna be one and two. No, definitely not. Um, yeah, Mahomes has not been a problem. He's seventy percent completion, almost a thousand yards, nine touchdowns. He does have three interceptions already this season. Uh, he's been sacked four times. The big issue has been the run game uh, for Kansas City. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who somebody in one of our leagues dropped him in the fantasy wow. football. I, I picked him up and played him. Um, <laughs> I was all about that. That may not be the league that you're in, but nonetheless, one of the leagues I'm in, I picked up Clyde Edwards-Alaire this week, and he did well for me. But uh, only 189 yards in three games total and uh, no rushing touchdowns from him. He has two fumbles already this season. Uh, Kelsey, uh, Tyreek Hill are leading the way when it comes to catching the football as well. Defensively, they've been okay, but uh, definitely not great. Four sacks on the year so far for the defense. Um, yeah, you know, maybe this is a big opportunity for Eric Bieniemy 
Uh, with Andy Reid's health situation, maybe he has to miss the game against Philly and the enemy gets a chance to show what he has and ultimately get himself a job finally. I still thought the best option for the enemy was to take over Kansas City, uh, but I don't know how quickly Andy Reid wants to retire. But nonetheless, there's uh, there's something that has to get fixed in Kansas City because you're right. Not only are they one and two, but they're dead last in the division behind a division that's actually looking pretty solid this year uh, so far. You've got Las Vegas and Denver both 3-0. and Denver's not that good, but they are 3-0. and And then the Chargers 2-1. and Kansas City will not have an easy, easy route to the playoffs, although I still think they end up making it there. Um, Vegas has been phenomenal so far this year. Like I said, Denver, they've played nobody. They're not good enough. Um, they're, they're not a great three and O team, needless to say, uh, the chargers will only get better. I believe as things go on, uh, there a couple other teams that have underachieved so far this year. Uh, let's go to the NFC first and that's the New York football giants. Uh, I thought that they were going to have an improved year this year, but I was wrong. Uh, Daniel Jones, not great. Uh, Saquon Barkley hasn't really been able to get going too much yet. The big pickup in the offseason, Kenny Galladay, has really done nothing. So the Giants, I mean, they might be drafting a new quarterback in the top five this year in their draft because they're looking like a pretty sorry team right now. Yes, they really are. And I think they're maybe of all the teams. I mean, Jacksonville's struggling um, for sure, but uh, I think the Giants are in real trouble. Um, I mean, I just don't see them, you know, making a move right now. That's kind of surprising with Barkley. You know, you would think you'd be a little more uh, competitive. But, again, they're in New York, and, you know, when things start going south, you know, that it, it gets tough on a team. And to me, right now, after three games, the Giants are in as much trouble as anybody. Yeah, it's not been pretty there. I could argue maybe some other teams, but – you're right. At the very least, the Giants are have been pathetic so far. How about the Pittsburgh Steelers? Um, I talked with a Bengal fan last week before the game, and uh, he said, "Oh, we always lose to Pittsburgh." I said, "You're not losing to Pittsburgh this this week." And oh no, no, we are going to lose. We always lose to Pittsburgh. <laughs> now, now Pittsburgh's bad. Ben Roethlisberger is washed. He's no good. Uh, he's too old. He's too beat up over his years. Pittsburgh's not a good football team. What's the chances Pittsburgh's drafting in like the top five, top seven at the end of this season? Oh, I, it, it looks like that now. They're really having trouble. And the deal is Roethlisberger. I mean, you know, he just he's getting beat up. I don't know if the problem is totally the offensive line or whatever. Um, you'd think they have some some offensive weapons. But, uh, again, it just looks like they're headed in the wrong direction. It is only three games but boy, a couple more losses. They got a tough game this week with Green Bay. And, uh, if they can't win their division games, they're in trouble. And, uh, I don't know that they can beat anybody in the division. They're, they're, they're all really strong. Good point. There are five 0 and 3 teams right now. So for Pittsburgh to pick in the top five, they'd have to be worse than one of the currently uh, unwinning teams. That's not a right term for it, but 0-3 teams right now. The 0-3 teams are the New York Jets, Jacksonville Jaguars, Indianapolis Colts, New York Giants, and the Detroit Lions. 
Is Pittsburgh worse than any of those five teams? Um, I think the Colts will move up. Um, I don't think they're going to be what we what we thought they were going to be. Um, but I, I think they're um, be interesting to see what the Jets do. I don't know um, if they're going to be able to, to to win some games, but you'd like to think maybe they could. But I think the Colts would be better than the Steelers for sure. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one, although I think there's still a lot of question marks out there about the Colts. We'll come back to them in just a second. The New England Patriots, uh, they are currently 1-2. and two. They got beat pretty pretty handily by the Saints this last week, 28-13. to 13. Uh, Their one win was against the Jets. <laughs> they lost to the Dolphins and the Saints. Now they go and face old Tom Brady coming coming home. Uh, that one doesn't look good for the New England Patriots either. Or let me give you this, this philosophy. New England has spent all of their practice time working on the Tampa Bay game. They didn't even watch tape about New England or about uh, the Jets. They didn't watch any Saints tape or any Dolphins tape. All they've cared about all offseason and up to this point has been Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's my philosophy behind it. I think Bill Belichick has said, hey, guys, we can lose our first three games. It doesn't matter. We just cannot lose the Tom Brady. And uh, so they're going to come out this week, and they're going to be just flying high and absolutely torch the Bron- the Buccaneers. No, I, I don't believe that. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I mean, the Patriots, are they – what are they? Um, I, again, you know, um, they're in trouble. I think they'll get better to have a good defense. And I think the quarterback will play better. Um, but again, it's going to come down a little bit in their division games. You know, they're going to be in a tough spot with Buffalo. Um, they've already lost, you said, to Miami. Um, you know, they, th- that's going to be part of the problem. I mean, you know, in their heyday, you know, they, it was six wins in the division, no question about it. Um, and then you went on from there. And now they're not going to beat some of the non-division teams. So uh, I I think they'll be middle of the pack, and they could struggle to make uh, the playoffs. Um, I think this game this week could be a, have a lot to do with their psyche. I think if Tampa Bay comes in there and just runs all over them, which they could, then it then things are going to start, and you're going to start a lot of questions and what's going on here um, from there. And of course we know Belichick will be very open to answer those questions. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, he will be prepared. I guarantee you that there, I don't know that there'll be a game that Bill Belichick's been more prepared for than this one. Um, now does he have enough talent on his team to win? That's the question mark, but even in their Super Bowl games and stuff like that, I think Bill Belichick cares about winning this game more than he's cared about winning any football game uh, before. So it'll be interesting to see what they throw at Tom Brady. We know Tom Brady's not very mobile. So if they can put pressure on him, that's how you beat Tom Brady. You hit him and you hit him often. And, uh, we saw that in the New York Giants Super Bowl win over, over New England. So we'll see what they do to come out for that. Uh, but the Patriots definitely don't look like they're contenders this season. Uh, let's talk about the AFC South and then we're going to get to the rookie quarterbacks. The AFC South, uh, the Colts is kind of what brought me to this. Uh, my my line was the Colts stink, and I'm a little surprised by it. I thought Wentz would be better in Indianapolis than what he was last year. He's he's not been. He is injured. He's banged up, but he's always banged up, and that's just something you got to figure out from there. But the whole division 
really stinks. Um, I mean, you know, there are divisions that stink. The NFC North is not that good, but uh, the AFC South, my goodness, Tennessee's two and one, Houston's one and two, Jacksonville and Indianapolis zero and three. Um, I mean, is the AFC South this year like the NFC East last year, where the winning team might be under five hundred? Um. I, I don't know if it'll be under 500, but I do think, um, you know, it, it's a very weak division. Um, we may get to the NFC East and outside of the top team, uh, they're pretty bad too. So, mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, it, right now, if Indianapolis doesn't turn it on, um, you know, then like you said before the year, not a big Titans fan, but they'll win the division. That could be very true because, again, you got to stop Henry. Uh, they should be able to win games uh, unless they get upset by Jacksonville and Houston. But um, it doesn't look like that's real likely to happen. So I think Indianapolis will get better, but I don't know that they're going to win the division and be in the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's Tennessee's division to lose. I mean, there's just nothing there that's proven they can be any better. But Tennessee does not look like a Super Bowl team. I mean, yeah. Ryan Tannehill's not looked great. Derrick Henry's been good. But outside of that, not a whole lot of great stuff happening in Tennessee. The AFC North, by the way, pretty good division. The Bengals are have, are definitely improved. Baltimore's good, although they did not look good against Detroit, but they are good. And Cleveland is still hanging around at two and one also. So that's a division to watch that could be entertaining, especially those divisional games. Like I said about the West, the AFC West, Denver, yes, they're undefeated, but they're not, they're just not that good. And they just keep getting hurt, too. Hambler now out for the season. Uh, so that's two receivers that are injured. Jerry Judy should be back eventually. But uh, that's a big deal there. And uh, Denver's not played anybody yet. So they'll start racking up some losses before too long. And the Chargers have yet to hit their stride, but I still have confidence that the Chargers are going to be pretty decent here as the season so. goes on. Uh, let's see here. NFC South, the Carolina Panthers, 3-0. and Tampa two and one, New Orleans two and one, Atlanta one and two. I don't have any confidence in New Orleans as far as being a legit threat in that division, but uh, they're definitely a team to watch for. And uh, uh, as far as kind of playing spoiler and things like that for this uh, NFC South division, Tampa should win this week against New England. Uh, Carolina is they're not, they're. They're not as bad as Denver, I don't think. I think Carolina's a better team than Denver, but I'm not sure that they're a team that we look at and go, yep, they're legit. They're good. They're definitely better than they've been, but are they a legit threat? No, I wouldn't say that they're a legit threat. So Carolina is better. Um, They're going to be respectable all season long, I think. I think Tampa eventually takes that division uh, where Carolina will, will fall into place in second. Then the NFC West, Dad, there's two undefeated teams, the Rams and the Cardinals. Out of those two teams, I have a lot more confidence in the Rams than I do the Cardinals, although I think the Cardinals are entertaining and have some talent. Uh, I'm not sure that I have the confidence, especially in Coach Cliff Kingsbury, as I do in what Los Angeles has with Matt Stafford, the savvy vet, and McVay, who's been to the to the Super Bowl. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. 
Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. Buy four tires and get up to $200 in savings after rebate at Bell Tire's year-end sale. Or get even more in Bell Tire gift cards, December 26th through January 7th. Plus, get tires as low as $49 after rebate. Get up to $200 in savings. Or get even more in gift cards, December 26th through January 7th. Get up to $200 in savings and choose the lowest tire price, period, at Bell Tire. 100 years of getting folks safely back on the road fast and affordably. See store or belltire.com for details. Restrictions apply. Yeah, Matt Stafford's made the difference that he thought he would there. Um, and, again, of course, they've got a great defense. Uh, Arizona's interesting, though. You know, uh, you would tend to think the Rams were better. But uh, it would be interesting to see. Arizona, uh, they played this week, I believe, didn't it? And um, I think it'll be, you know, it, it'll be very interesting down the line. Yeah, that one's in Los Angeles. Uh, I look at the Cardinals kind of the same way I look at Georgia. They've got the talent, but the coach messes up sometimes. Uh, Arizona choose, chose to try to kick a 60-some-yard field goal attempt at the end of the half. Jacksonville returns it for a touchdown. Those are just coaching errors. There's just no need for those kinds of things. They definitely have the talent. Kyler Murray's very good. DeAndre Hopkins is, I think, the best receiver in the NFL. The run game has gotten a little better. James Conner got more touches this past week uh, as well. But San Francisco is still a good team, and Seattle is a team that you have to watch out for. But I said before the season started, I think Seattle gets beat up a little bit in the division, which ultimately is going to hurt uh, their uh, record when it comes down to it at the end of the year. Uh, any thoughts on Seattle, San Francisco, or that that division? Um, again, I, I think the Rams are, are the team to watch. San Francisco has been good and should be good there. Uh, Seattle, I think, is going to drop off. I don't think they can compete with those teams there, um, but we'll see. It's always tough to play in Seattle, um, but you know they've lost a game there, and um, I, I think I don't know about Seattle being a playoff team. In Los Angeles, Cooper Cup, twenty-five catches, three hundred sixty-seven yards, five touchdowns so far this season. He has been a standout receiver in Los Angeles. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's had some run. He had some big plays as well. He had a long touchdown of 75 yards. Van Jefferson had a long touchdown as well. There's some talent there. The run game is the massive question mark in Los Angeles. Yeah. And uh, so that's where Arizona, I think Arizona as a whole has more talent on their team. I just don't trust the coach being able to overcome uh, things there uh, as well. Uh, let's talk about the rookie quarterbacks. Four of them started this week. Justin Fields gets his first start. We'll get there in a second. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Mac Jones all starting uh, all of the games so far this season for their respective teams. Uh, Dad, let's start with Trevor Lawrence. He was the first overall pick. Not a whole lot of talk about him because everyone knew he was going to be the first overall pick. And so leading up to the draft and things like that, there wasn't a whole lot happening uh, other than you knew he was going to be number one. He's been uh, called like he was going to be uh, the next Andrew Luck or whatever it may be. But so far this season, Trevor Lawrence has uh 54% completion percentage, 669 yards, five touchdowns, seven interceptions. He has been sacked five times. The Jaguars aren't good. They seem to be poorly coached. Um, 
and Trevor Lawrence is struggling more than most people thought that he would. Do you think it's just because he's a rookie and things will, will get better? Do you think it's because of Urban Meyer? Do you think it's because he's not as good as we thought he was? Your thoughts on Trevor Lawrence? Um, uh, no, I, I think there's, I think he could be as good as we thought he was. He's on a bad team. And, um, at this point, you know, a lot of times rookie, well, and we've seen it with all four of these, but rookie quarterbacks have a tough time coming in and starting your first year. And, um, I think they all needed to do that with the teams they're on. But, um, again, he, you know, I think he'll get better. I think his stats may get better, but again, if, you know, if they don't win any games or they only win one or two, I think for the future, though, uh, he's a quarterback they'll build around, but they don't have enough pieces to go with him right now. And, yeah, Urban Meyer, there's probably some questions about the coaching. Um, and we'll see. Jacksonville, again, I think everything's going to look to the future, and they have Trevor Lawrence, long as he doesn't get injured. Um, but uh, he's going to have a tough year, I think. I would not be shocked at all if Urban Meyer's not the football coach at Jacksonville next year. <laughs> Whether it's he goes to USC or claims a health issue or whatever, I just I wouldn't be surprised at all if they say this just didn't work. Um, yes, they don't have a great team, but um, you know you got to do better. You've got to look better than they've looked so far this year. Zach Wilson, fifty-five percent completion percentage, six hundred twenty-eight yards. Two touchdowns, seven interceptions. I am surprised that this offense has not looked better. Uh, now, if you listen to the preview episodes about the AFC East, you won't hear me say very many good things about the, the weapons in New York. But um, this offense, I really expected it to look better. It just It's looked horrible so far. Two touchdowns, seven interceptions. That's not what you want out of your rookie quarterback who you took number two overall. No, he's getting, and again, you know, he, he's getting sacked. And, um, yeah, 15 times. Huh? 15 times he's been sacked. Yeah. I, and, and that's the problem there. I, some reason I think of the four, he may end up looking the best at the end of the year. Um, I, cause again, he's got some weapons. They're definitely going to stick with him. And, um, again, if he doesn't get injured, um, you know, I, I think he's got a shot. Uh, again, he is, they're the weaker team in the division. Um, but again, um, with all these guys, one or two wins, one, one upset win and, uh, things are different. But again, you know, you, you got to protect them a little bit. Joe Burrow showed that last year. Everyone knew he was good and he's really good this year, but he got injured and was out. So you can't have that happen. Um, and all these guys are, you know, have potential. Uh, Chicago drafted Justin Fields. You and I both agree that Fields is more than likely going to be one of the better quarterbacks of this draft class. I've got him ranked number two. Um, he gets his first start against Cleveland. He goes six of 20 for 68 yards, sacked nine times for 67 yards, minus 67 yards. So he had a grand total of one yard. Uh, in this game, well, he ran ran the ball for 12 yards, so we'll give him 13 yards in this game uh, as a first game as a starter in Chicago. Matt Nagy, as a Packer fan, we love Matt Nagy. Let him stay, uh, but there's a good chance Matt Nagy's fired in the next couple of weeks if things look this way. 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't think, again, I, I think Fields, like you said, has a lot of potential, but he's in a bad situation. Um, and, and, you know, he's not on a real great team, but he does have some weapons. Um, but like you said, I, I, I don't think there's – I think next year he's going to have a new coach. He'll have a new system, and there will be new excitement in Chicago because I think he does present some hope for the future. Um, but right now, and again, I think Nagy is one of them who it would make sense for him to not make it through the year, uh, from there. And then, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see what they do with Justin Fields. Um, but, um, yeah, he's, like I said, he's in a bad situation. He's not going to turn it around by himself this year. Matt Nagy has left the door open for Nick Foles to start this week. Um, saying that Andy Dalton, Justin Fields and Nick Folds all being considered this week. And, um, uh, boy, it's a mess in Chicago. Mac Jones in New England. He has a 67% completion percentage, uh, but 737 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. He's been sacked six times. Uh, this is just a learning curve. I think Mac Jones will be fine at the end of the day. But uh, at this point, they've not really opened their offense up a whole lot for him yet. They've kept it pretty simple with some pretty easy passes for him, and it's paid off in the sense that he has the best completion percentage of any of these rookies. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's not the savior just yet. He may be in the days to come. Yeah, of the four quarterbacks, he's got the best team, and he's got the best system um, for him to thrive in. And like I said, if they haven't opened it up a lot, uh, I, I don't think they're depending on him to win the game. Um, but I think, you know, I, I think he'll have a good year. Um, and again, I think there'll be hope for the future as far as having a quarterback there in new England. All right, dad, we had our second week of pick six picks, uh, this week. We, um, wasn't a great week, uh, at least for me, especially, I only got one pick correct. Uh, Cincinnati plus three against Pittsburgh. You got three picks correct. Cleveland, uh, minus seven and a half over Chicago. Arizona, minus seven and a half over Jacksonville. And Green Bay, plus three, uh, over San Francisco. Um, I asked you at the end of last week, you picked Philadelphia over Dallas. Uh, they were plus three and a half dogs. And uh, you said, I don't have any confidence in Dallas. And I asked you, but you have confidence in Philadelphia? Do you still have confidence in Philadelphia? Uh, no. No. <laughs> they didn't look good. Again, I think Jalen Hurt may be a good quarterback, but they don't have a lot there. Again, I'm not sure how good the new coach is. Um, I, You know, Philadelphia, I don't think is going to surprise a whole lot of people the rest of the way down the line um i think as far as the division is concerned it's dallas's to lose dallas is by far the better team in that division i don't know that they're going to have a sterling record but um i they, they should be able to win the division and uh, get, get a few other wins there yeah, I agree with you. Um, and I think Dallas, I think Dallas is a legit threat. I think they are, uh, this year. They've got enough, enough offensive ability. And I think the defense has improved that, um, you know, I think they're a legit threat this year, uh, for the NFC. But that being said, uh, their offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore could be a guy that's looking at a new head coaching job, uh, at the season's end, whether it be in Chicago or Minnesota or, 
any other team that's looking for head coach, I think Kellen Moore is going to get a lot of a lot of looks this offseason at the very least. Uh, in other news, UFC's John Bones Jones got inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame and hours later arrested on domestic violence and other charges. I would just like to publicly state that John Jones is garbage. Um, he is a guy that fighting wise is one of the best fighters in the world, but he's been caught cheating multiple times and never really seemed to suffer real consequences for his uh, drugs that he's been caught with and the performance enhancing and those kinds of things as well. And this is just another sign that he's uh, not a good human being. And uh, so although people can change, I don't know that John Jones ever will. And I'm tired of mixed martial arts people making excuses for John Jones. Uh, I think we need to write him off, send him on his way, and uh, and let him be and not be a fighter anymore. Speaking of people who are garbage, the Milwaukee Brewers this week uh, honored Ryan Braun as uh, one of their best-known players, especially in recent eras. But we have to remember Ryan Braun for who he is. He's the guy who got caught cheating and completely trashed a man's life saying that that man tampered with his sample and all these kinds of things, ran him into the ground, uh, only to be found out later that, no, truly, Ryan Braun is a piece of garbage. So uh, as Brewers try to talk about how great Ryan Braun is as a player and what he means to the organization, and I agree, he has meant a lot to the organization. He had many good years in Milwaukee. I'm kind of tired of us trotting out these people who have just proven themselves to be bad human beings and still celebrating their lives. Uh, so as a Brewer fan, may I please make it clear, I am not proud of Ryan Braun, and I think he's a despicable human being and uh, will not be applauding him and his uh, efforts to get his name on the wall or somewhere in the stadium in Milwaukee. All right, Dad, I got that off my chest. Um, we're going to do our pick sixes on our Thursday episode. We'll pick games again uh, in our next episode, which will be Thursday live at 8 p.m. Eastern time. We'll talk about other sports news and things going on as well. We had a great weekend of, of sports. Looking forward to the weekend ahead as well. I want to remind everyone um, uh, to listen, download. There's a podcast version only of our Sports Stove Local Hour. We dive deep into EKU sports and uh, some into the University of Kentucky as well. And uh, those episodes are available every Wednesday morning, wherever you get your podcast. It's on the Sports Stove podcast. That's what you subscribe to. Uh, but uh, you can get the local hour there. These episodes, of course, wherever you're listening to us now, we would love for you to share, like, subscribe, review, uh, all those kinds of things, and let everybody else know about the Sports Stove Podcast. We would surely appreciate it. Well, Dad, we are out of time for today, so we'll be back on Wednesday. A reminder to visit law-terrain.com. Use code SPORTSSTOVE to get 10% off your purchase of watches or accessories. You can also go to yeatsofficial.com. Use code SPORTSSTOVE to get 10% off sunglasses if you would like to uh, as well. That's it for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. 
From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with Alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design.